Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. Uh, In the studio today we are missing Mr. Graham Jones, our internet psychologist, as he's uh, doing his professor academic responsibilities. So, Graham, you're sorely missed, but Mr. Jesson and I, I'm Simon Hazeline and Phil Jesson opposite me, we'll do our best to plug the Graham Jones-sized gap. Uh, that we are having. We are looking at the topic of coaching in this episode. We've uh, already recorded a previous episode. We'll probably do some more on coaching because we need to understand what this coaching thing is and why is it so important to sales success. This episode is called What do you need to be a good sales coach? What do you need to be a good sales coach? So a lot of People are told, sales managers, sales leaders, I must coach, you must coach your people. Uh, How? How? So I'm going to use three three areas uh, Phil and I are going to look at. We're going to look at mindset, what is the attitude and beliefs you need to have to be a good sales coach, the skill set you need to possess to be a good sales coach, and the tool set you need to have to be a good sales coach. But first and foremost, I have a a question for Mr. Jesson. Do you have to, in your opinion, to be a good coach, do you have to know a lot about the topic that you are coaching the person on? So do you, for example, need to be a bit of an expert on the topic you're coaching your salesperson on? Uh, and the answer to that question is uh, there are many coaches that are experts, but you don't have to be. And having yeah. watched the snooker on the television over the weekend, okay. I was very interested to hear that many of the professional players that were featured over the last few days um, have coaches that were not players. In fact, they've not been involved in the game at all. At all. So they at have all, at all. no other than no. perhaps a... a amateur game now and again if if that you, they have not you might call them consultants in human potential oh, more than yeah. experts in sport and it also your question also reminds me of my wife Joanna who in her corporate life many years ago uh, was part of a training program where she and other managers from this uh, retailing firm uh, went to a local tennis club to coach semi-professional tennis players on improving their game and I think they all approached that task feeling very uncomfortable because they were not the experts Mm. but very quickly they realized by the question-led process that might have included questions like how was that serve Um, how did it go where do you feel it could be improved next time what do you need to do about it etc etc but through that question-led process, knowing absolutely nothing about tennis, they were able to create in the mind of the player a plan to improve that particular 
skill, whether it was the serve or the volley or the rush to the net or whatever so it might have been. That is very interesting. Um, and it reminds me when I was a sales manager, we were shown a video clip on uh, the sales coaching training program. Um, a guy called Sir John Whitmore. Sir John Whitmore, um, a real uh, expert on coaching. Uh, his book, Coaching for Performance, is, is a very, very good recommended read. If I remember correctly, I think Sir John, racing driver by background and inventor of the very famous GROW model, G-R-O-W, goal, reality, options, way forward or wrap up, uh, coaching coaching framework. And there is a the video, a split screen, uh, some stages of an experienced golfer who's one of the participants on the seminar training a non-golfer to, to, to hit a golf ball and Sir John Whitmore coaching a participant and John only asks questions, he doesn't give any form of proactive, yeah. uh, whether or not he can play golf, is he, is he relevant? It's irrelevant. He's just asking questions, lots of it on a scale of one to ten, how comfortable did that feel, yeah. therefore what would you like to do? So you definitely don't necessarily need to know. And I think that's an important part of your opening comment about the mindset. Yes. We don't have to say to ourselves, I'm not qualified to coach this person. We are qualified to coach this person, providing we've got a very genuine interest in people and their potential. Mm. And I would also say to any sales director listening to this, that if the reality is that they're not particularly interested in people and they find that quite <laughs> a difficult one, and their expertise might lie more on strategy or finance or whatever, then find somebody else within the team to go and do the coaching. Put a buddy system in place or make one of the team an interim manager or something who has to spend 25% of their time coaching others in the field. But you have to have, in my view, a very genuine, passionate interest in people and what they can become. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you don't have that interest in people and an interest in their development and a, I feel using the word passion and I think that's absolutely right and a, and a belief that people have potential and that with, with assistance they can make more of it I wouldn't probably if I was being blunt I wouldn't bother coaching because it's probably not going to work for you you know I, I, we will cover skill set and tool set but for me and I always say this to people on my sales coaching seminars if you could only have one out of the three, have the mindset. Because mm. dragging someone, kicking and screaming mechanically through some coaching process, it's just not going to work for them. It's not yeah. going to work for you either. Yeah. So, you know, and, 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 and also as well, I think, is, is to a mindset shift is through getting things done yourself to getting things done through others, which is a very common managerial leadership. But also the joy, the thrill, the satisfaction of being the person who just sparks an idea, helps the person to come up with their own idea, see the light bulb come on over the head, and know that you've played some small part in their performance, well, but most of it comes from them. Let me play with your words. I think good coaches provide light, not heat. Yes, it's a lovely, it's a lovely way, it's a lovely way to think about it. So mindset, I think people have potential, people matter, people are important. You also have to value development of people and, and therefore coaching as a valuable activity to invest time in. And you have to think mindset, I think coaching is an investment that will get a return. And not always is it an immediate return. Sometimes it can be incredibly fast return. But you have to invest over time to get a return. So yep. And you have to make time for it. 
and you have to value it. You know, you can't be going around cancelling your field visits every two minutes just because you've been dragged into an internal meeting. Because if you keep cancelling these things, you are sending the message to your team, whether you mean to or not, that whatever you're doing is more important, whatever you've been asked to do is more important than they are. Yeah. So, you know, that's probably not a good place. Um, <clears throat> so probably skill set, tool set. Probably tool set is the, maybe the easier one is, you probably need as a tool set some form of reliable or trustworthy, robust coaching model. And certainly in a, in a previous episode, we, we talked about the GROW model. Um, Phil, so, so you're fond of the GROW model, I think, as I am. So just you, you, you talk us through the GROW model. I think I did it last time. So just if you do, it might be a slightly, slightly different perspective. Yeah, if, if you imagine that um, uh, the coach is meeting the coachee, so to speak, then early on in that discussion um, is really a, a recap on or an identification of uh, the goals that that individual is working with, the R is their current reality, i.e. how are they performing against those goals. Uh, sometimes it can be the other way around, where the R comes first. Somebody would say, well, I'm glad, you're, uh, I'm glad you've called this meeting because I've got a problem with X. Yep. That's okay. clearly their reality. Uh, and then, of course, the coach might have to say, OK, we can talk about that in a second, but where would you like to be on this particular issue? in a month or so, that's the goal. So the goal, the reality, the O is the options that uh, people have got, because clearly it's, there might be plan A, plan B, plan C, and they need to be evaluated. Very often there's a, an interesting balance between time and money and various, one option is gonna be better than another. Uh, the best option, of course, is the one that the coachee comes up with and thinks is the right one. That's a better option than ours, inevitably. Uh, and the W is, um, well, what, what needs to happen now? Who needs to do what? Uh, what are the timings? Uh, as you once said before, it's wrapping the thing up with mm. some sort of conclusions around actions and timings and the help that individual might need. And I think it's, um, I, I, I certainly have had challenge back sometimes from sales managers who are doing sessions with them and they'll say, well, you know, what happens if the idea they come up isn't as good as mine? So, well, okay, well, how do you judge that? And okay, let's just say for a moment that the person's idea is not quite as good as yours. Well, you could either give them your idea and squash theirs, or you could help them to refine their idea and improve it. But be a bit careful that your people often are closer to what's going on and actually their, their uh, option will be, will be better than yours. I think also, if, if let's imagine that we're working with a three-month time frame, uh, the coach might decide to let the coachee run with their idea, brackets, not as good as their right. own, uh, but to run with their idea for two or three weeks and we see how we're doing. And then if at that early stage it's not quite bearing fruit, then that gives us an opportunity to say, well, let's just have a look at other options and we're back to the O, aren't we? Well, I also uh, sometimes humorously say even more uh, of concern is if their option is vastly superior to yours. Yes. The other. And then, uh, you know, if, uh, which often you'll find is the case. And then just yes. put your ego to one side, dear sales manager, sales leader. Yes. And, uh, I know and from experience that my wife's ideas are often <laughs> superior to mine. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, that may indeed may often be the case in uh, the Hazeldean household as well. So, uh, so a, a, a good... Uh, 
coaching framework to follow and please remember it's a guide not a cage it just allows you to have a structure a loose nice but 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 uh, useful structure and um, I think also you know don't 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 um, worry too much um, that the, the the other person will think it's a bit formulaic yeah they, they genuinely half the time they won't realize that any coaching is going on that's not to mean you're doing it in an underhand way it's just they're having a really great conversation with their boss and at the end of it they feel better or more motivated with more clarity or a better idea you don't have to overtly say i shall now coach you no <clears throat> so don't don't worry about that but when it's done skillfully and well it feels like a conversation i, I think i think another uh, key ingredient if you like for the coach is courage because oh, yeah. if, if let's say we've been coaching on a sales related skill area whether it be questioning skills or pre presenting solutions or whatever doesn't actually matter there may well come a point in the conversation where the coach she says well got it but I quite like to see you do that next time boss yes uh, and show me what you mean and yeah. that is the point to say that's absolutely fine uh, on the next call or when I'm with you next time uh, I'll do that bit and you do this bit it's certainly not an occasion to say well no I'm not going to do that this is for you to yeah. uh, listen yeah. and learn no that's just not appropriate we have to be able to demonstrate if appropriate yeah. a skill that is being talked about and I think that that's probably for me is where there is an exception to that you have to know all about it yeah. in order to be able to do it I think um, often but however many sales managers sales directors have often been in the field themselves so that's perfectly yeah. okay however if you are not you don't have that background I think I would you know slightly contrary to Phil's, to yeah. Phil's point is to say well you know, actually, you're going to be better at this than I am. You know, my role here is to coach and help you give you some give you some feedback, which I think goes on to the skill set. Um, I was always taught there were kind of four key four key skills you needed to be a good coach. One is one is your ability to ask good questions. The second is the ability to listen to the response to those questions at an, at a deep level. Um, the ability to give people feedback on what you've seen and your ability to give feedback rests upon your observation skills. So if you are, if I take those in reverse order, we go and we uh, have agreed the outcome for the coaching with our salesperson. They go into the call with the customer. I think the good practice is to attempt to stay out of the call as much as we possibly can do. It's extremely hard to give people feedback on a sales call they didn't actually do if you've taken over as the manager, so you probably need to agree how to do that uh, with the salesperson. Particularly if you've taken over with a pricing structure that the salesperson <laughs> doesn't have access to. Yes, yes. Yeah, The uh, if every time you go out with your salesperson, you give the customer a little bit more discount than the salesperson is asked to, you've now become the discount machine and uh, expect to be busy in visits with with uh, salespeople calling you out for your exceptional discounting ability. Um, so the observation piece, first of all, you have to observe. So um, you can't be doing. It's very difficult to observe if you're not doing. Then maybe just record what you have seen and then maybe post the meeting or if you if you can in the meeting uh, you may make a couple of quick notes but again 
probably worth mentioning to the customer you're just taking a few notes so they know what you're, what you're up to classify those against the, the competence areas or whatever it is you're focusing on and then afterwards evaluate them you can't do you can't observe record classify and evaluate all together so just in the call focus I think on observation and maybe capturing a few notes and then and do that do that afterwards now feedback you, you and I are big fans of Big fans of feedback, Phil. Um, recommendations to people listening on giving feedback to salespeople. Um, I think uh, for me it has to be uh, packaged, as you said earlier, around what we've seen and what we've heard. Whereas a lot of feedback that I've been on the receiving end is somebody's opinions. Yeah, I can argue with Phil's opinion all day long. Absolutely. It's very hard for me to do that with some evidence-based feedback. And even if, as the coach, uh, you are sensing that the other person might disagree with the feedback, if there's a third party you can reference, probably the customer Mm. or the prospect, then introduce them into the conversation. Because maybe when we say, well, what I saw the customer do was to shut their folder and put their pen in their pocket, uh, that might indicate lack of interest on the customer's part. Whereas if we were to say, the customer wasn't interested in what you were saying, that's potentially offensive. But by referencing what we saw the customer do, is a much safer area to talk about. And, and for me, general principle that runs throughout coaching is the coachee, the salesperson in this case, goes first. So what did you think was good? Or how, even more, you can sometimes be even more general. How, how did you think that went? What do you think was good? What would you like to improve next time? Why do you say that? In what ways specifically? When you say you would like to improve your questioning, what specifically do you mean? On a scale of one to 10, how comfortable are you? So on and so forth. So I think think get them to go first. And often you, you, on a good day, there is no feedback for you to offer because they've given themselves the feedback. And then all, all your role is confined to is maybe reinforcing what you've seen that you thought was good and endorsing it, agreeing with them on areas perhaps for improvement, etc. Or if there are a few things they've missed, you can also offer those. You can yep. also offer those in. But people will often be tougher on themselves, yes. in my experience, than you would be on them. I so. think they will, providing they feel that the environment is safe. Yes. If they yeah. perceive the environment to be threatening, yeah. then of course they will fight yeah. um, and they will uh, certainly not open up about their. Yeah. Uh, areas of perceived weakness. I mean, I, I had to give some feedback to a new salesperson um, a few years ago, a uh, super guy, very keen, very enthusiastic, came off basic training, and I'm out with him for his, his first week on his new territory. He's driving around trying to find the customers, and we're getting lost, and, and he's trying to remember everything on his sales training. And uh, we pull up outside the first customer's premises, and I say, "Okay, okay, Nick, what's the what are you what are you hoping to achieve in here?" Uh, and he reels off that he's had to set three smart objectives because that's the company standard. And I said, um, "How much do you know about the customer?" And he said, "Well, not not very much, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell them this." And I said, "I said, okay, well, that's going there. We'll see how we get on." And we went in, and he did he did as good a job as he could do. And we came outside. And I said, "How did you do?" He said, "I didn't achieve any of my objectives." I said, "Okay." I thought this was a time for me. I said, "Can I give you a little bit of feedback?" He, he, he said, "Yeah." He said, uh, 
I think you're trying to do too much too quickly. He said, could I give you, and this is not very good coaching, but I said, could I give you a couple of objectives for the first month? And he said, yeah. I said, uh, objective one, find your customer and do so safely without driving around like a crazy, you know, don't worry, relax. And secondly, go and say hi to the customer and ask them some questions about their business. Just get yeah. to know them. And he went, oh, but that's not the required standard. And I said, that's the required standard for the first month. You know, just a little, because he was just all over it. You know, he was trying to be, he was trying to be a superstar. And he, and he became, by the way, as you would expect with that attitude, he became a superstar. Mm. But he's not going to be able, he's not going to be able to do it. Uh, and questioning and listening, this is the great thing. It doesn't take too long to get some sales managers to be great coaches because they're pretty good at, we hope, of a salesperson as questioning, mm. as questioning and listening. So mm. asking questions in a semi-structured manner around the GROW model, what are you hoping to achieve from this, uh, this session? Um, What's going on at the moment? What have you tried so far? What result did that get, etc., etc.? Um, what options do you have? What other options do you have? What else? How confident are you on a scale of one to ten that those options are good? Yeah. Moving into the W. So, so what are the key actions for you? How confident are you to be able to complete that action? Is there any help you need from me? When will you be able to get that completed by? You can hear that just flowing, just flowing through the through the yeah. grow model. I, I'd also say just keep focused on the process and the person and I think invariably trust yourself the questions take care of themselves mm. and over time you can refine your questions you yeah. know sort of the meta model from neuro-linguistic programming for, or something like that I think is, is great and fine but um, not if you're losing sight of the person sitting in, sitting in front of you. Any, any sort of killer questions that you're particularly fond of as a coach, Phil? Any ones you would... One of the questions I've always liked is the, if you could put the clocks back, how would you have yeah. rerun that? Or if you could put the clocks back to the start of last month, yeah. what would you have done? Not what would you have done differently, because that's mm. deliberately leading and suggesting yeah. that we think there's a problem but if you could put the clocks back how would you have played it uh, I think that's an important question it also yeah. allows the other person to say well I'd do nothing differently or probably they would say well actually there's three things I might do differently I think that's a very safe question for the coach to ask and I'd always say just ask one more question maybe than you feel entirely comfortable with and what else or if there was another option you know the one was a bit crazy not very what would that what would that one be just to push the thinking a little bit i am very very fond of on a scale of one to ten how practical is that how confident yeah. because they say a six a what would that need to get it up to an eight that's sure. a, that's a lovely i think a lovely one the other one is that if they're a bit stuck is maybe use another person and say let's say let's say in the team um um Frederica is the supreme top sales performer in the whole team. She's she's your number one performer, your number one superstar. She's highly regarded in the team. And I, I'm out with I'm out with Julian, the new starter, who has met Frederica a few times. And if he goes, well, I'm a bit stuck. I'm not quite sure. I say, well, what do you think Frederica would do in this situation? Now, often because any of them thinks it's very it's funny unsticks the thinking and go well I bet Fred Frederica Fred would do this and do this and do this and he go okay well does that work for you, you go yeah 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 and because it, it's not Frederica who's coming up with the idea I've seen it a few I've seen it a few times using a another person what do you think they do 
and quite often the answer's brilliant and uh, it's, it's, it's almost like a magical it's almost like a magical question yeah absolutely Good there's one. a there's a one I was from my NLP training was if somebody said they didn't know or they were stuck or something and you say well if you did know it's a linguistic little bit of a linguistic trick mm. if you did know what would you do yeah and um, the other thing is when you first start coaching you sometimes think it's the perfect answer to child uh, children's behavior and I do remember saying that to young Hazelbean Jr. in his formative years and I said what do you think you should do and I don't know and I was about to I was about to say and if you did know what would you do and he went he went and before you say anything I don't know okay <laughs> that was a bit of feedback feedback, for you, feedback from me and then the final thing is obviously listening and it, it sounds like we're back onto our sales chat show soapbox we go drone on and on about listening and I think the reason we go on and on about listening so much is because it's just so important mm. ask a really good coaching question and then shut up, shut up and listen to the answer and probably listen in silence longer than you would yeah. and just listen listen to the person I think it was Tim Galway we've mentioned on a uh, on a previous program who said it's amazing how much progress coaches make when coaches don't do anything mm. by which he was meaning just allow them some time to think and yeah. Just listen, listen, listen. And um, a, a very senior leader that I used to work with, uh, were very, very tough, very tough guy, very tough leader um, in charge of all of the supply chain and the logistics. And I was talking to one of his direct reports one time, and this guy was a tough cookie. Um, and I said, what, what's he like working with? And he said, when you are having a one-to-one -one with him, he listens to you so closely and so carefully and concentrates so fully, it's like you're the only two people in the world. Mm, and nice. I said, wow, he's such a tough guy. He said, yeah, he's tough, but he's fair. Yeah. He supports you and he challenges you. So um, listening is clearly a highly, highly developed skill. And as we said on a previous episode, listen to what's said, but also to what's not said. Yeah. When the coachee turned around and says, well, I'm not sure that's the answer to my other issue. Uh, well, what other issue? And we actually heard that. We really investigated what's not yet been said. And I think to, to, to the uh, Taiwanese ideogram for listening in the Taiwanese language is, is comprised of the elements of uh, eyes, ears and heart. So listen with your eyes, your ears and your heart. It also says treat the person with undivided attention. Sales managers, sales directors, please don't coach people with your phone in your hand. You're sending absolutely the wrong message. Yeah. So hopefully that's given you some, some thoughts on the mindset, skill set, tool set of great coaches. Um, coaching also just in closing not an activity you do with people at the bottom of the performance uh, arena or the bottom all people deserve coaching and high performers probably sometimes need more coaching than anybody else in order to take the coaching up to that next level of performance it's not a remedial activity high performers in all fields have coaches salespeople uh, need you to be the very best 
coach you can be. Give them the coaching they deserve. And with a um, with the high performers, of course, a, a great opportunity for recognition and praise, and indeed that nice lunch we've been promising them. Absolutely, absolutely, and then uh, and then get your high performers to do some mentoring work with uh, newer members of the team as well, which is a fantastic reward, and and uh, what a, what a great practice that is. So it's been Mr. Phil Jessen. I am Simon Hazeldean from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. 140 or so episodes free of charge at saleschatshow.com website or wherever you get your podcast you'll be able to find those episodes and also to subscribe so we just like to wish you good luck and good sales coaching folks You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 